Welcome to the Contractor Success Forum. Today, we're talking about three things contractors must know to grow their business. And who do we have here to talk about this today? We have Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company CPAs. And we have Stephen Brown with McDaniel Whitley Bonding and Insurance Agency. And I am Rob Williams, author of the up and coming The Pumpkin Plan for Contractors book and Iron Gate Entrepreneurial Support Systems. And today we are talking about three things that contractors must know to grow their business. Three Is things. That- there's only three things. three things. That's crazy. Yeah, just three things. There are three things. I guess there can be three things, but this is sort of like a reverse guarantee. This doesn't. If you do these three things, I guess you're not guaranteed. But if you don't do these three things, you're guaranteed not to grow. So how about that? That's wow. A reverse guarantee. Okay. Well, so, you know, give us a guarantee. Three things that we can bank on. Yeah for contractors to grow their business. The first thing that you need to do is you've got to have a unique offering. Your business has got to be something that you're passionate about that is unique and different. It's not just the same thing. What do you mean like a trade specialty or what do you mean by that unique offering? Yeah, it could be a trade specialty. It's actually a combination of a lot of different things. So what makes you different that, makes you where somebody is not offering the exact same thing. It's not a commodity. It's like when I was selling two by fours and lumbers, it's not different. Now, when I put it together into a trust package and I was sort of the only one here, there's another one here, but it was unique and different because it comes in a trust and your house is done. So it is a unique thing as opposed to stick framing. I remember they were beautiful trusses and they I had beautiful. no immediate need for one, but I know I wanted one when I saw them. They were great. I was actually in a Chipotle yesterday and they had exposed wood trusses in there. And I was like, oh man, if I still had that, I probably would have built these. So uh, they were up there, the trust plates and nobody had written any dirty words or something. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, oh my God, I can think about this going through the plant and no smart ass can write something on here, which was always happening. It's, oh my God, I hope sheetrock is covering that up so <laughs> well how can you figure out what your unique offering is how can you zone in and get a grip on what that is well there are a lot of different ways to do that a lot of it is what not to do i think the first thing we do when we start our business especially when we're growing is we look at the big guy and we say i want to be like them and we say what's the first thing we do and just about anybody when we start our business we look at their website and we try to make our website look just like theirs, but just a little bit better. So we're doing what they're doing. We just think we're going to do it better. Or we want to be just like that big guy. I think that's the most common thing. And I was in that boat. It's, oh, I want to do all the things that are just like this guy. And so then you just make yourself a commodity and then you're in a pricing situation. So you always have downward pricing pressure because you cannot necessarily ask what your product is worth anymore. You're now fighting for who is the cheapest. We're going to be less than that guy. That's what we're selling rather than adding the value. I tell you what's an interesting story. We were just doing this offer drill with somebody about making the offer more where you can stack things. What's more and more to make your offer more and more unique And maybe it doesn't even cost you anything. You just have something. It may be uh, 
like checklists that you might put with your products or just some other services that doesn't really cost you anything. And then you can get that value up. But as soon as you're a commodity and it's just all the bids come in, which in our business, that's an interesting thing that comes up because you have all these bid services. And the first thing they say is, I can't be different. We just turn in these bids. But that's not even true with the guys. I know with my trust business, when we'd be in these bid services, sometimes we'd just turn in the bids and we were a commodity. And those were always low margins unless we just happened to be the only bidder. But a lot of the time that bid situation started a conversation with us because I don't actually remember the rules, but I don't think they have to take the lowest bid. They can take the one they want. If you well, have those Typically, numbers. that's the one they're going to take is the low bid. So you're just competing with just whoever gets to the lowest number. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of contractors right now, we're starting a new year as we're recording this one. And they're probably saying at this point, you know, I didn't do as well this year as I'd hoped to do. And I had all these big plans. And I think I see a lot of contractors out there, they figure out, well, hey, I'm going to do all this advertising or go join this trade organization and do all these things, and they never materialize. So how does this unique offering, I mean, how can they pivot that to getting the work they want and the work that they make more money on? That is a great question, which leads us to the second blank here. The second part is identify your top clients. So what we do with that is you ask them what makes you unique and you ask them to find out something that they want. So, but first, who is they? And identify your top clients, the ones you want to work with. Stephen, I think sometimes I hear you guys in bonding talking a lot about having a niche, the niche that you work for. So who is that group? I know we've talked about so much with you seeing the bonding that they have a, there's a niche product that we're talking about our top offering, but a niche type of customer. Do they build small buildings? Do they build medical offices or who is that? Well, guarantee that you have a customer that you like the most and that you probably like them the most because they're fair and easy to deal with and you can make a fair profit on it. Oh yeah. So there is a reason that customer that you like so much wants to do business with you. There's a reason. What makes you unique and what makes you different? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it is. But okay, in this case, we are actually trying to identify who we like. Now we're being selfish. We're not trying to be unique. I'm glad you said that because sometimes it is confusing of when we're trying to make ourselves the unique one. That was the first one. Now we find out who is the unique group that we like. Who do we want to do business with? And we actually have a way to determine that. We call it the client assessment. So if somebody wants to find out a little bit more to do that, we're actually in the process of making some videos and some webinars and seminars on that plus other subjects similarly. But just real briefly, you uh, just make a spreadsheet, list it, order your companies by revenue, the most revenue to the bottom. If you do that, and then you can have, we call it a C or C, a crush or crane function. And then you can have many other columns. Do they pay you or something? What are the important columns to you? Do uh, they pay you? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's always a big yeah. one. Well, I was going to say, it's not just necessarily the ones you like and not necessarily the top revenue. 
because that can be a trap exactly. as well. You can look at how fast do they pay you? What kind of profit are you making? We talk about the throughput. Are you getting that job in and out? Where can you make your money? Where's your expertise? So is that what you're talking about with the top clients? It is. That's exactly right. And the revenue, we like to put it in revenue because we find out who likes us. People lie through common courtesy when you ask them if they like you. Judge it by where they're putting their money. If they're spending a lot of money on you, they're not lying. When I see you, Stephen, we say, hi, how you doing? I said, oh, I'm great. Well, I might not tell you, yeah, my kids got COVID. I got all this stuff and I don't feel yeah, very well. Yeah, I'm here. yeah. Well, we good, good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we lie about that. You don't want to hear about all this bad stuff. So when we say how we're doing, people lie about that. So that's not the true, revenue doesn't do lie. That doesn't mean we're going to like them back like Walmart. And actually, even FedEx here in Memphis they put so many people out of business, they're hard to deal with. And I also think about how when we were basically the Walmart of the home building business, we were big people. I keep thinking about how I was probably not somebody's favorite, even though we were big, we were really hard on them, beating down the prices and people not being able to make the margins and stuff. So I think a lot of people wanted our business, but that could have been the worst thing for us because we had a lot of pricing pressure. On them, so yeah. they probably would have ranked us lowest on margins. Yeah, using the Walmart analogy, they may have wanted the big dollar revenue, but a lot of times Walmart will beat up their vendors. They nitpick on the prices, and I've seen some general contractors do that. They'll go through stuff left it. and right and just back charge their way. We, to we didn't know we were being mean. We just knew we had to do it to be able to sell these affordable housings. We were the price competitive product at the time. So we had to be really tough on the pricing for people to have those jobs. We were happy to be providing right. jobs and everything, but maybe the workers that were getting paid by the hour were making the most money because the owner didn't have much margin after it was all over. So that's kind of the point you were making, wasn't it, Wade? Yeah. And again, just because they're the biggest revenue, that can be the biggest trap. So as we're talking about this, we're looking at this diagram, these three circles that we have. So you can download this little article we have on there. And so we first talked about have your unique offering. And then we just talked about buying your top clients, which by the way, the one thing I didn't say about that is when you make that spreadsheet, it can be different from everybody. You can work with somebody like me or Wade or somebody else to identify what is it about you. Maybe you're a real strong cash position. So maybe... You're not concerned about the longer payables. That may be your competitive advantage where you're going to get business because it's 60, 90 day terms. Maybe you're growing and you need that cash. So your best client is going to be somebody that pays you in seven days or pays yeah. you for materials up front or something like that. So each business is going to have a different one. So it's going to be a different fit of who is the ideal client. And maybe okay. you like to argue. Maybe you just love to come to work and scream and yell and argue. So that cringe person, because I talked about that crusher cringe factor is when the, you pick up the phone, do you like cringe? The big trick to that, if you're cringing, is you just start pressing that mute button on and off. Hey, I think I'm going out of, of <laughs> okay. And the phone goes out. So that's your crusher cringe model. So Absolutely. I don't have any clients like that. I, just love Me neither. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good so, PR. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, actually, I'm embarrassed to say that because I've got these little headset things that really do go out a lot. They're these Bluetooth. Yeah. So now anybody, anytime these go out, people are going to think I'm hanging up on them. Everybody thinks you're going to think you're jerking. Hey, for professionals, 
service providers, the most important thing is, are they taking your advice? Are they paying their bills on time? That's it. But as a contractor, you've got to understand what unique offering that makes you better than any of your competitors. And then you've got to understand what your key clients are. What's the third one? Yeah, the third one is can you systemize this business? Is systemization possible? And so what does that mean? I know Wade likes the system stuff also a lot. So, Well, um, you know, like in a restaurant, if they don't serve the exact same food and it tastes the same way the last time you had it, when you liked it and ordered it, you're not going to be back. Right. I mean, there's got to be all these systems in place to make that unique offering perfect for those best clients over and over again. Yep. It's interesting you said that too, because my first impression when I heard these concepts from the pumpkin plan in the sweet spot, how to develop your seed, that's kind of where this comes from, is you systemize things like we did in lean manufacturing so you can be cheaper or provide a better service. But today we're actually talking about systemizing so you can grow. So my first thought was like, Stephen, we do this for efficiency and we do it for consistent delivery of the service, but repetitively doing it. If you don't have this systematized, we find this with contractors all the time. You can only grow to the amount that you work your ass off until you don't have any more capacity. Because how many times have we heard a contractor say, well, hey, I'm full. I can't do anymore. I've been like, this. like, I don't want any more work. My plate is full. I don't have it. Well, you systematize what you do so somebody else can do that work, not you as the owner. So that's our point today is systematizing it so you can grow. So you're not just limited to what you can do. I know we've used the example of bath fitters on here before, but you know, if you're doing something consistently the same way every time, you got to be more efficient at it. And unfortunately in construction, a lot of times you have these one-off projects that are very different to the extent you can get the same kind of like kitchens or bathrooms or whatever your, your niche is, then that is where you can say, Hey, we know we're always going to have this. We can create a checklist and we can say, Hey, this is what we need to do to get the job done. We can get in, get out, make more money, make the client happier. Yep. And be able to do more. When you can't systematize it, you're just trading time for money because you're out there doing the work and it's as many as you can do. If you don't have to be on that job and you can write up the processes and procedures to have someone else deliver all of that work without you being there, then you can grow. You can't grow. You're limited to what you can do if you don't have that systematized. Which that brings up now, how do you identify on these three circles, which we didn't actually describe it. We have this Venn diagram. You have three circles overlapping each other. So we have your unique offering up on the top right. And then you have your top client on the top left and then you're yeah if you can see it there you go (laughs) and we can see if you're watching this on youtube you can see it and your system's on the bottom but if you don't have your unique offering and you do have your top client and your system then you're going to have that downward price pressure so if you're feeling that you can't get more for your product look and see if you're unique if you raise your price and everybody goes away most people have just not tried raising their price to what they're worth 
figure out what you're worth. If people start leaving, then you're probably not unique. Let's go to the bottom one. If you don't have your systems, but you do have your unique offering and your top client, then you're trading time for money. If you can work eight hours, you can make that much money. If you can work 12 hours a day, you can make more money because you're performing the work. Now, there are some people, they have a unique offering. They're passionate about it. Actually, I've seen this a lot. We've got a lot of inventors and ideas. They have this great product offering that they love. They're passionate about it. They may have invented it. And then they have a system to get this done, but they don't have any clients. Nobody wants it. Well, we have a special term for this. And you know what that term is called? We just say you're screwed. So you're screwed. If you can. <laughs> Nobody wants it. So I've seen the inventors, great ideas out there. So that's where you are with that. So on that beautiful note, those are our three things that you have to have to grow your business. All right. Gotta have them. Yep. A lot of people, when they get this seed, you guys, your contractors, you may have to invent it a couple of times. Keep going after it. Be persistent. Get it. But this is where you can really hit that home run and grow. We won't guarantee that your first idea, if you do these, is going to work every time. But we can guarantee you that if you don't have them, you cannot grow colossally, as we say, into a giant pumpkin for our pumpkin farmers, which is a different aspect, which we discuss in the Pumpkin Plan for Contractors book, which will be coming to you soon because I'm writing it and I'm doing all this research with Stephen and Wade and all of our listeners out there. Great, Rob. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, this has all been right. great, well, Rob. I think a lot of people are out there, they just get so frustrated. They can't grow. They keep doing the same thing. And it can be scary, just like my own practice. When I've been really good with contractors for years, but when I finally said, hey, contractors are all I'm doing, you get this mindset like, I'm going to lose all this other business. And it really will change your life once you embrace it and you find that niche. So it can right. be scary to get there. Probably and didn't say that very eloquently, but it can be a very scary thing. Yeah. So I'm yeah, glad you're busy. You these can't see up, the Rob. forest through the trees. Yeah. You're yeah. so busy. And yeah. that's what you're saying. You got to take the time to, to think this out and put these systems in play. Yeah. And I guess I'm glad you said that way. Identifying this one summary of it. So if you guys can listen to this one and take it away, if you're having a problem with this, which everybody will have, you're having a problem in your business growing because we're writing the book for contractors that want to grow their business, but they're having a hard time being profitable while they grow or having enough time after they do it. So you want to grow your business to have a better lifestyle, not a worse lifestyle. So our passion is to transform the contractors. So how do you do that? When you're looking at these, if you are having a problem getting enough money for your product. Well, first you have to ask for it and you have to figure out what you should be getting, what your value is. But if you can't get that, means somebody else is providing it or it doesn't have the value. On the other hand, if you are working your butt off and you just can't work anymore, there's no time for you. Look at your systems, your systemization. If you have your systemization, you've got a unique offering, but you just don't have anybody that wants it. It's not about the price. We'd say you're screwed, but actually you can identify your ideal clients and start asking them. Ask them questions about what is it about our industry. You may not want to word it about you because, as we said earlier, people lie about it. So ask them, what is it about my industry that's wrong? What is that? And ask them these questions. That probably means that's what you need to work on. 
So those are the three ways to identify. I think that's a real strong takeaway. Identify which issue you have and which area you need to work on first. So hopefully that will help some of our guys and get some value to the contractor success forum. And we appreciate everybody coming out here today and helping us. And we have Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company CPAs. And we have Stephen Brown with McDaniel Whitley Bonding and Insurance Agency. And I am Rob Williams, again, author of The Pumpkin Plan for Contractors, soon to be in Iron Gate Entrepreneurial Support Systems. So we appreciate you listening to the Contractor Success Forum. If you're on the podcast, find us on YouTube and see us there. You can see the diagram. Go to our website. Yes, and go to our website, ContractorSuccessForum.com and get lots of great information. And if you need me and more information about this, it's IronGateESS.com. Appreciate it. And everybody have a great day and come back and listen to the contractor success form. Oh, by the way, help us out. Subscribe, like us, do those things. Please subscribe on the YouTube channel and that will help us get, we need to get to a certain number so more people can hear this. So they'll put this in front of more people. So thanks a lot and come back and see the contractor success form. We'll see you.